Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrigan, Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll seek to answer the age-old question, should I forgive Big Eva even when they refuse to admit they're wrong? Now, throughout the last few years, obviously there's been a lot of contention, uh, even in the Christian world, as it relates to COVID-19 and, and the proper response that we should have and should have had uh, in, in light of the virus, um, really in, in every aspect of life, how should we have responded? And recently, as, as more and more things have come to light, uh, as, as testimonies have been given about the vaccine and we've sort of seen the results of, of you know, locking people down, putting people in camps, even wearing masks, trying to social distance, one of the one of the shifts that I've noticed, and, and Tim, you've probably noticed this as well, is it seems like a lot of the people who are really pushing those kinds of ideas, they've gone from the sort of uh, like, hey, we have to do all these things. We have to do all these things in the name of love and the name of loving our neighbors. They've sort of shifted from that kind of position to something more along the lines of, hey, we need to, you know, we need to grant each other amnesty over the way that we all behaved during the COVID pandemic. Yeah. As more more of that information seems to be coming out, uh, what hasn't happened is you haven't had a group of individuals who are uh, essentially admitting that they, you know, made wrong recommendations, but then the conversation has now shifted to basically a posture that says, Hey, let's just forget that it all happened and, you know, move on. These were dark times, you know, in everyone's life. And maybe we all act a little bit crazy. Uh, and so it's time. <laughs> hey, time we to, all acted crazy. <laughs> we all acted a little crazy here and t- time to move on and, you know, uh, turn a corner, but yeah. Um, and even, you know, um, the Atlantic put out an article. I don't, I don't have it pulled up right now, so I'm not going to show it, but we'll probably post a link to it at the very least, but I mean, basically it was advocating for that exact thing. Hey, we need to grant each other pandemic amnesty, right? This idea that this idea that, Hey, everyone on every side has done something 
incredible, you know, incredibly wrong. We did, we, no one had the right information. No one was, no one could have known. We just need to all grant each other, uh, basically get out of jail free card for whatever, for whatever was done. And, you know, and I was reading that and, you know, I was thinking, Hey, you know, at first, when I first read that, that article, just to kind of pull the, pull the curtain back a little bit at first, I was like, okay, how do we, how do we talk about this on the podcast? Right. How do we, um, how do we address the fact that this is, this feels weird to have this request made. And as I was thinking about it, you know, I kind of came to the conclusion, Hey, I feel like we've, we've talked about, you know, COVID-19 and the response to it. Uh, we did a, you know, we did the episode, uh, should you trust pastor? I can't remember the name of it now, but essentially should you trust pastors who basically caved right away and shut down their churches, um, uh, in light of COVID-19. But then you, you and I were talking about it and I, I think we kind of came to the con- conclusion, Hey, basically what, what's really being asked here is, uh, Hey, one side recognizes that they were wrong and really wrong. I think they know that, but, and now they're basically saying like, Hey, you must forgive us for what, for what's happened. And so we are kind of talking about it and basically saying like, Hey, it might be helpful to just what, like, why don't we, why don't we look at this situation and then, and then, or talk about what is forgiveness, right. And then sort of apply it to this, this specific situation as a, as a sort of application. Um, and so, so we really, so really this episode is going to be a lot about what is forgiveness and what does it look like? Because, because what's being asked, you know, is essentially, Hey, you need to, it's not even really a question. It's more like a, Hey, you need to forgive us. So it's a demand you need to forgive me. Grant, you know, essentially grant me amnesty, so to speak. Yeah, cloaked without as even, a, we've all done something wrong, yeah. you know. And, and so I'm reading the article basically saying like, well, what do I need amnesty for? Right. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, put people in camps like Australia did. I didn't fire people for not getting a vaccine. You know, I didn't shut people in their homes or shut down churches. Cause like, them to lose I, their jobs, yeah. Yeah. What do I need amnesty for? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, even on the other side, there's no real admission that they've done anything wrong. <laughs> it's just right. more like, hey, you know, everyone in general, we've all made mistakes. I, I mean, I issued a funny meme that I saw um, essentially where they burned the witches at the stake and and then they realized, <laughs> oh, they weren't witches after all. And then and then, you know, they shouted out, well, mistakes are made on all sides, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. that's basically what's happening. That's know? basically what it is. Yeah. So but it, there's a demand that, you know, everyone extend, you know, Christian mercy and uh, right. forgiveness without us having to admit necessarily that we did anything wrong. You know, mistakes were made all around. We all, hey, maybe we all got a little bit of, a little bit crazy here. Right. Uh, right. Uh, but you uh, know, it's yeah, perfectly yeah. reasonable, perfectly understandable considering the, you know, the novel nature of the times. Who, who could have known? Who could have possibly known? <laughs> they say, you know, as you know, everyone on the other side is sitting there saying, yeah, we knew and we have right. eyes in our head. And not only, you know, did you not listen to us, but then you called us names and, you know, forced us to agree with you and took our yeah. jobs and, you know, and pretended to know and pretended to, at yeah, the time to dog- right? dogmatically know on your end. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So basically it, you, you're reading the article 
it's pretty much demanding uh, that you forgive them. And, and I've even seen, you know, progressive Christians, Christians on the left who are, who are saying the same thing, like, Hey, we, we need amnesty. We need amnesty. Right. I, I, so I'll um, pretend like that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hang on a second. That feels like this feels really weird. Right. And, and uh, so I guess, with that in mind, why don't we just start with talking about the forgiveness aspect of everything and then coming back around and, and then looking at the situation and saying, how do we, how do we, you know, um, how do we address this type of situation? Knowing that the Bible does say like, Hey, we do need to forgive one another, right? So forgiveness, so forgiveness is actually a part of the Christian life. It's not like we can ignore it. Um, but then, you know, I don't know that it, I don't know that it necessarily works the way that it seems like a lot of people are assuming it works where you can just demand forgiveness almost. Right. Um, right. So, so why don't we just talk, start with answering the question, what is forgiveness? Yeah. I mean, forgiveness is a release of debt. Um, so it's a, biblically speaking, forgiveness is a transaction where an individual uh, basically makes a threefold commitment. So if I were to say, you know, if I were to ask you, will, will you forgive me? I'm essentially asking you to make a threefold commitment. And that threefold commitment is based on what God actually does in forgiveness. So our forgiveness as Christians is modeled after God's forgiveness towards us. So that, that threefold commi- commitment essentially is to release the debt. And, and in doing so, what you're doing is you're saying, you know, I'm going to not bring the matter up to myself anymore meaning I'm, I'm not going to keep a record of wrongdoing, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to flee from bitterness. So I'm, I'm, the Bible says that all bitterness and wrath and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Um, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not, I'm not, it's not, forgiveness is not uh, forgetting, meaning it's not making a commitment to forget something. God says when we, uh, when he forgives us, he casts our sins into the debts into the depths of the sea and he remembers them no more. So we're making a commitment that we're not going to remember them anymore. Meaning when your offense comes in my head, I'm going to make a decision to not dwell on it and to remind myself that I forgave you. So I'm not going to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to bring it up to you, like keep that record of wrongdoing against you. Uh, So I'm not going to keep on bank, you know, bashing you over the head with it. That, you know, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, we may not have a conversation about what happened and how do we resolve it and how do we keep it from happening in the future, but I'm not bringing it up to you in a harmful way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I'm not just going to keep on reminding you that, yeah, you know, you remember what you did, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're in the doghouse. Now you're punished, you know, now, you know, I'm mad at you. You're going to have to, no, I'm releasing the obligation. I'm not going to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to bring it up to you and I'm not going to bring it up to other people, meaning I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to gossip about it. Essentially. Right. Now, that doesn't preclude, preclude, you know, me saying, hey, let's go talk to someone about this and try to resolve whatever's happening, rebuild trust and everything else. But it's just I'm not I'm not going to sit there and complain about it to myself, to you or to other people, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that's what you're saying when you talk about you know what is forgiveness. And that's why it's important to use that term. You know, like, will you forgive me over and against other terms like just apologize, uh, because it actually is a term that's a lot more morally clear what we're even talking about. So you're making mm-hmm. that threefold commitment there. Okay. So, so it's basically a giving up, you know, uh, or a for, uh, you're forgiving a debt, right? In right. some Releasing way. Releasing the debt, right? We're fine. 
Like the scales mm-hmm. are balanced. We're good, right? Yeah. Now, um, is this forgiveness? So as the person who needs forgiveness, right. is it is it a right that you have to be forgiven? It's not a right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, um, uh, you know, if you imagine any kind of offense that you might commit against anyone, uh, forgiveness is not a right, like something that you're owed, meaning you don't owe someone to cancel your debt. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you're not owed that. Right. So if I were to steal something from you and, you know, take your property and destroy it, like I don't deserve for you just to release me of the obligation uh, to get if, to enact justice at that point. I don't deserve that, but then it is a Christian obligation that we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because we've been individuals who have been forgiven by God an astronomical debt that we can never pay, that we have right. no hope of repaying, uh, it's you know immoral for us to hold on to lesser debts against our you know fellow. Uh, believers or you know people who um, sin against us in that way. So we are to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. And so it's a moral obligation that we have, but it's not something that we can demand of other people as if it's something that we are owed. It's not something we're owed. Or it's not something we deserve. It's just a responsibility that God has uh, given to us to extend to other people in that way. Okay, so... Oh, keep going. Well, it's just always like it's always wrong then if if people are treating forgiveness like as something that they deserve, right? Well, that kind of defeats the whole definition of forgiveness, right? Right. Yeah. If you, the whole... if you act like you're entitled to it, right, right. Like if you act like you're entitled to it, then you misunderstand the very concept itself. Like you're not mm-hmm. entitled to it at this point. Right? <laughs> you don't deserve it. You don't. You, you like you. You have a debt that you need to repay, and. Forgiveness is only possible, really, in a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. There's no objective. Like the thing is, there's no objective basis or grounding for forgiveness in a an atheistic kind of worldview, because like forgiveness is not like justice, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So if you sin against me, if you wrong me, there's no objective basis for you to release that debt. Um, like there's no expectation that you should do that, it, unless. Um, you have essentially a Christian worldview that is present there. So basically for the one who needs forgiveness, forgiveness is not owed to them. Right. right? It's not, it's not like a right that they have, but then for the one who, um, who can do the forgiving, you know, they are charged basically with forgiving by God, the one yeah. who's wronged them. Yeah. They're charged by God, right? Yeah. yeah. And and they're charged by God because um why why is God charging us to forgive others? Well, yeah, because he's paid our debt, right? So he get I mean there's um you know, basically uh parable of the unjust servant essentially where you know the servant owes a astronomical debt he can never pay and then you know God he begs God to please forgive him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, please forgive me the debt. And like God, like the the master essentially forgives him. Right. But then he goes out and he finds his fellow servant and, you know, grabs him by the neck and says, you'll pay me what you owe. And, you know, God con- considers that to be the height of wickedness. Like, you know, if I forgave you all this debt, you also ought to have forgiven your fellow servant 
a debt that they owe um, as well. And so, you know, not only is it just, um, it's an obligation to the Christian, it's like the text actually said that you wicked servant, right? It was an act of wickedness to, to not do that. So God, um, but, you know, if we are individuals who want to lay claim to God's forgiveness, we mm-hmm. also in turn are expected to be individuals who quickly, eagerly grant that to other people. That's part of the Christian life. Yeah. And, and I guess that kind of brings up the question, which, which can, you know, to be fair, can be fairly complicated just because there's so many different situations. Um, you know, when should a Christian forgive someone else? Right. And so the reason I think that there, you know, this can be sort of a complicated answer is just because, you know, you have, you have plenty, basically, I mean, we live in a society that, um, that number one, I think is so prideful that we refuse to admit when we're wrong. Right. But then number two, we also act all the time. Like we are entitled to forgiveness. And when someone doesn't forgive us, we act as if we all of a sudden are the party who's been wronged, right. As a society. And so, so as Christians, you know, I think there, I think there's a lot of different scenarios to consider with this kind of question. When should we forgive? Like, like, you know, when do I forgive? Um, when do I forgive the person who refuses to ask for forgiveness, right? Who refuses to admit they're wrong, for example. Um, and, and so, so I guess maybe, maybe just answer it broadly. And then if we want to get into more specific kind of harder situations like that, then maybe that'll be the most helpful way. way. But the general question is, when should we as Christians forgive another person? Yeah, I mean, we should forgive them if they ask, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Luke Luke essentially says, pay attention to yourself. This is Luke 17, uh, 3. You know, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times again saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So, like, th- there's a there's a scenario where we should forgive, but then that scenario, it basically, it hinges, it hinges upon them repenting and repenting in that way. It's just short form for basically admitting one, that they've done something wrong. And then two, you know, so admitting that to you and asking you to release that debt to mm-hmm. them. Right. So like there's a snare. So there's, you can't like biblically speaking, you can't really forgive someone unless they ask you. And that's part of the difficulty we have in the kind of scenario that's happening here is that, you know, in, in this pandemic amnesty kind of scenario, there's just a very general mistakes have been made on all sides kind of thing Mm -hmm. that is failing to meet these basic kind of standards of any real acknowledgement of wrongdoing on their part. Right. So like there's, um, there's different kinds of sorrow in the Bible, you know, and a good passage to go to with that is something like Second uh, uh, Corinthians 7. And, um, you know, one of the things that you're going to find is like you have what's called godly grief and you have worldly grief. And, you know, godly grief, which is what produces repentance, right? Second uh, Corinthians 7 describes it this way. It says, godly grief produces repentance that leaves to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief, grief produces death. Uh, see what eager, what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. Also, what eagerness to clear yourself, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. 
at every point you proved yourself innocent in this matter. So you have these characteristics of godly grief, and they are, um, you know, what you might describe as indignation, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is kind of like a hatred for what you've done. Uh, there's like a eagerness to clear yourself, meaning there's an eagerness to say, hey, you know, I want to fix this, right? I don't want to just, uh, like, I recognize I've done something wrong. I want to fix it. I hate it, right? I have indignation. I have a fear of kind of doing it again. I don't want to go back there because I realize it was a bad place to be. Um, and then you have like a longing to be restored, right? Like, I love you. I care about you. I want to be restored. What I did was wrong. I hate it. And I never want to go back there and be guilty of that again. Uh, I have a zeal, right? Like a zeal. Um, uh, like I, I'm taking this seriously. I'm not trivializing it. I don't want to just for, like forgive and forget, move on kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. The zeal. And then like a, what punishment, uh, punishment in that context is just, uh, it's not like penance or something like that. It's, uh, there's a situation where they refuse to church discipline a man who was sleeping with his mother-in-law and he told them that they're glorying and that's not good. You need to put him out of the church and the punishment inflicted by the majority is sufficient. So that punishment really is about a willingness to take action and to right the wrongs and fix what's going on. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that the Bible imagines when you talk about forgiveness is that you have a person who is really repentant, right? And who's, he's not just flipping out a, Hey, forgive me. Right. Let's move on. Don't talk about it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) But then big Eve is not even doing that. I mean, they're they're just saying, Hey, you know, everyone's makes mistakes. You know, we're all a little bit crazy. And so the problem is that none of these characteristics of godly grief are present in this encounter. And there's no real admission. Like I'm repenting, I'm doing anything wrong. And so the net result is just, Hey, what's just like, we're all forgiving people. So just forgive us. But then it doesn't pass the smell test. This is a problem, right? It's not, this isn't real repentance. This is just, you know, you trying to, it's a demand. Yeah, it's just, it's a demand, you know, quit talking to me about it. You know, we're all, we all make mistakes and let's just move on, which is more like worldly grief at that point, right? It's not godly mm-hmm. grief, it's worldly kind of sorrow that leads to death. So that's the problem. The problem is that, yes, um, like in general, like as Christians, we should forgive people, but um, they need to ask, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Like they need to ask and we, and they're like, if, if seven times a day they come and they actually repent, we need to forgive them. But if there's none of that repentance that's happening there, it's just, you know, we're just going through the motions. This basically all becomes just a big farce, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And, and I've, you know, when you give that answer, Hey, you forgive someone after they ask for forgiveness, after they, you know, communicate to you, Hey, I realize what I've done here is wrong and I need forgiveness. That idea then, then you forgive them. I, you know, I can imagine a lot of people really kind of recoiling at that, um, at that type of answer, because I think they, they probably don't really understand what forgiveness is, um, or even how God forgives. Right. And so basically what, I mean, what you're saying is the same, what you're saying that we should do in response to people who've wronged us is essentially what God does. Right. I mean, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't forgive every single person who's ever existed for their sin, right? Right. Well, that's why our forgiveness is modeled upon his forgiveness. So if we confess our sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins mm-hmm. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then there's not just a general forgiveness of everyone. 
you know, he's not releasing the debt for every human being who's ever existed. Um, right. So that's not what's happening. You know, if he did, there, then he would be unjust to send them to hell. But the reality right. is that if you don't repent of your sins and believe the good news, you will spend eternity in a very bad place, you know, mm-hmm. where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. So the issue is God doesn't just forgive and forget and pretend and move on. Like what he demands is actual repentance. And so there's forgiveness conditioned upon repentance. And we as Christians, we do the same kind of thing. You know, like we should be more than happy to forgive anyone mm-hmm. who who is not demanding it, but who is actually genuinely sorry over it and uh, repentant of it. We should be more than happy to do that. And if we're not, there's something wicked about us. Uh, but right. then there, it is conditioned upon repentance is the point. Yeah. And so, so we're following God's example where um, everyone has sinned against God and yet he doesn't, he doesn't forgive everyone, right? He forgives right. the ones who humble themselves before him and ask for forgiveness. And, and, you know, he's glad to do, he's glad to do that, right? right. He's glad to forgive the one who humbles themselves, confesses their sin and repents. And so we should be able, we, we should be willing to do the same thing. Now, what I will ask you is, okay, so we're supposed to forgive people once they repent, right? Once they ask sure. for forgiveness, does that mean that, you know, as the one who's wronged, so, so let's assume you're wronged by someone and they don't ask for forgiveness at least right away. Right. Um, maybe it takes them a few weeks or something. Um, does that mean that you're just allowed to like be angry and, and dwell on it and, um, you know, like maybe possibly even try and get back at them. Yeah, no, I don't, you know, vengeance is ultimately, um, uh, given over to God, but then, you know, it depends on the nature of the defense and uh, nature of the fence in a certain sense. Uh, uh, okay. let me explain what I mean. Like, um, you know, if someone were to kill your wife, you shouldn't just sit there and, you know, stew on it and be mad about it forever. Uh, mm-hmm. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires, but then there are punishments that are given for that kind of thing. And justice does demand that, you know, a life for life, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, life for life. And government as God's, you know, deacon of wrath, it's um, there to meet out vengeance. So, so it's not meant to be a personal private issue. So depending on the nature of the, the offense, um, you can personally forgive someone, but there, there are demands that are required of justice in that way, uh, such that you don't trivialize sin in that way. Um, but so the point point there is just to say, um, you know, personally, you don't, like, someone doesn't ask for forgiveness. You don't need to just give yourself over to bitterness and wrath and anger. But if they're sitting there in some cavalier way, just demanding that you forgive them without even any acknowledgement on their part that they've actually done anything wrong and without any specificity as to what they're actually asking forgiveness for, particularly when their, you know, their sins against you are fairly significant and fairly high handed, mm-hmm. then, you know, there is, you know, a, like it is appropriate at that point to remind them of their obligation to actually repent there. And so what, what that, what needs to happen is you need to have some posture that's ready to forgive contingent upon repentance, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, I mean, just, you know, a good example along those lines is just the prodigal father where, you know, the prodigal son essentially wishes that he were dead and demands his inheritance right now so that he can go waste it all on, you know, prodigal living. 
but you know, the prodigal father is pictured as you know basically waiting for his son to return. So the father sees the son coming from a far distance, and he runs to go meet them, meet him, right? Mm-hmm. But but that like that indicates that he's been waiting and waiting and looking. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So what we need is we need a posture of forgiveness for those who have sinned against us. But you can't have real reconciliation or real forgiveness happen until they ask. Uh, so a good, I mean, a good example I always give is just the, you know, an analogy of the conjoined uh, hotel room, essentially, where you go to a hotel room and there's doors on, you know, th- there's two rooms that are joined together by two doors. And what, what like biblical reconciliation looks like is like, you're going to open your door, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to wait. And you can't really be reconciled until they open their door and you kind of walk through and, you know, give them a hug. Right. Right. And so that's what, that's what it looks like. And so right now what's happening in the, you know, in the big Eva kind of scenario is that you have a group of people who are essentially on the other side of that conjoined hotel room with the door closed and you have, and all we can do is open our door and, you know, try to knock on it and say, Hey, we're waiting. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we're waiting. We'll, we'll, we're, we're happy to, we're happy to forgive you when you ask, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're going to have to humble yourself, admit you've done something wrong, you know, have that godly grief that you see in Second Corinthians 7, and then we're ready to go, man. We're not going to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid and whenever my family, we went on a trip or something and, and we had one of those hotel rooms, I always wanted I always wanted to open that door and see where it went. My parents never let me. So maybe, maybe we were the ones that were supposed to <laughs> be seeking forgiveness <laughs> in the analogy and we would, we refused to open the door. Um, but no, no, that makes sense. So basically, um, when, when someone refuses to, uh, to ask for forgiveness, to admit their fault right away, the wronged party doesn't need to just outright forgive that person right away. Right. But then they do need to avoid uh, inward bitterness, right, towards the yeah. other person. Like basically have a yeah, like you're saying, have a posture that says, "I'm ready." You know, I'm ready. I'm I'm willing to. You know, I love you enough to forgive you. All you have to do is ask for it, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I think um, so. I mean, just imagine that you know the hus- there's a husband in a scenario who is constantly looking at porn, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the wife is just, you know, at her wit's end, wants it to stop, you know, embarrassed, humiliated, degraded by this. And, you know, the husband looks at her and just says, hey, you know, mistakes are made on all sides, right? Amnesty. We just, we just, we just need to move on, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. The Bible commands you to forgive me, right? So just quit talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> well, what just happened there, right? So, so yes, we need to forgive people. Yes, we need to release the debt. But. Like that's you're trivializing what's happening here. Yeah, by kind of, by caving to that kind of demand, you're you're almost enabling sin. Yeah, right? you're enabling it. You're treating it like as a you know just insignificant kind of thing, and you know that's that um, like you're not doing anything loving to them. You're not doing anything helpful to them. We're just you know pretending like this isn't happening. You know, so I'm participating in a farce. Um, now, I mean, like when sins against individuals are significant in that way, it may be that you don't immediately grant trust in that way. So mm-hmm. just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that like all your, you, now you trust them. And, 
and everything goes back to exactly how it was no, before. No, yeah. no. I mean, it may take time to rebuild trust and to get to a place where, you know, you're, you're restored like completely in that way. Uh, but you know, like, um, it, that's not going to happen unless they repent. And then like, as you're saying, if they refuse to repent, you're not just going to give yourself over to bitterness, but you know, it may be that your trust in them has been significantly damaged and, you know, the first step to rebuilding that is going to be for them to acknowledge what's happening and quit trivializing it and show genuine sorrow over it and genuine humility over it. Um, and I mean, that goes a long way, but you know, there, there are consequences to certain things that are fairly significant. Right. right. So, I mean, in that, you know, the, the funny uh, comic or whatever, I mean, was, which wouldn't be funny if it were real life, but you know, they burn the two witches, you know, the, the family members of those two witches are going to be, uh, that's they can they can forgive those people, but you know they 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 it may take a long time to rebuild trust there, and right. they may not want them to be in charge of them anymore either, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if so, if they had any ability to vote for those guys, it may be that hey, you know, you guys have discredited yourself here, and you know it may be that like you know there's a lot of pastors and a lot of church leaders here who have broke significant amount of trust. You know, in in some of their actions here, and it may take a long time of them just humbling themselves and shutting up, and before they ever get it back. You know, but right. yeah, I think forgiveness definitely. Uh, we should we should forgive. We shouldn't be just doing in bitterness. We shouldn't be just uh, angry and mad. Um, uh, so what? So what should a person do? You know, say you're in a situation where someone's wronged you, and then you know they do ask for forgiveness. They do admit they're wrong. Right. But then inwardly you feel like as if you cannot forgive them. Yeah. I mean, forgiveness is not a feeling. Okay. Like, I mean, it's it's a decision. It's a decision that you're going to make to cancel their debt. So uh, it doesn't matter if you feel like forgiving them. What matters is that if Jesus has forgiven you a debt that you can never pay, then you holding on to this and refusing to let it go is the height of arrogance and pride um, and ingratitude. And so like that kind of person needs to be rebuked. Like, and it doesn't really matter how big of the offense is like they need to be rebuked and they actually are rebuked in the Bible. Right. So mm-hmm. the master looks at that person. He says, you wicked servant, you know, I forgave you like this humongous debt. Right. Right. You ought to have forgiven the lesser debt. So that that person needs to gain some pr- kind of perspective. And I mean, the Lord's Prayer, you know, says we for you know forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And if we you know um, don't forgive our brother whom we've seen, you know, if we don't forgive, then our heavenly Father won't forgive us. And so that kind of person is in a very dangerous situation. Um, you know, the kind of person who wants to presume upon God's forgiveness while at the same time not granting it. That's a very um, dangerous position to be in and we should be very clear in our interactions with that kind of person that that's evil it's wicked and it calls into question the nature of your faith if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense so even so even if someone were to say like come in and and like kill your whole family and then you know later on they go to prison they, they're found or they go to court they're found guilty they go to prison in prison you know they they write to you or something and they say, you know, Hey, I realize everything, you know, obviously I can't do anything to undo 
the actions that I've done that have changed your life now forever, but I realize how wrong they were, you know, and I, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Uh, you know, I need your forgiveness. And, uh, and so, so basically what you're saying is for the person who just had their whole family killed, they're now getting this letter from the murderer saying, Hey, I'm wrong. I need your forgiveness. If that person doesn't want to forgive, then they're in the wrong. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) All right. So, you know, like the idea is like that servant owed the master a debt of 10,000 talents. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, if you do all the math and you add it all up, uh, that laborer would need to work 60, uh, 60 billion or 60 million days to pay it off essentially <laughs> that's a lot of days it's <laughs> a lot of day all right so the point is it's like a astronomical amount right it's like um, unpayable debt yeah unpayable debt okay thousand like uh that would be you know in prison for a thousand years kind of thing you know yeah. <laughs> like it's it's not like this is multiple lifetimes <laughs> okay uh, like this is this is a obscene amount and right. then like the debt against him. Right. So when you look at the amount uh, that he's owed, um, it's a hundred denaria, which a denaria is a day's wage. So it's a hundred days versus, you know, 60 million days. Like meaning it's not, it's not, it's not comparable. Like that's the point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, like now that assume, so basically, you know, like you can imagine the worst case scenario possible like in the, you know, in the analogy there, that's still a hundred days debt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how bad it is compared to 60 million. So like meaning, so like, so the issue is like any sin against us pales in comparison to the debt that we owe God. Yeah. And the only way that you like, like the only way that you actually will forgive others is if you see your own sin against God as, you know, astronomically worse than anything anyone else could do to you. Mm-hmm. So like that's like that kind of person, they need to be taught. <laughs> like, like they don't understand how sinful they are. That's the point. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how much they've been forgiven. And that's, but, but like now, like that doesn't mean like, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, someone stabs your wife to death and they say, Hey, forgive me. You know, Bible says to forgive me. So you need to forgive me. <laughs> My it's bad. Like, <laughs> like 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 then there's something else going on there right so not everyone who right. demands forgiveness like you, you shouldn't forgive everyone who's demanding forgiveness in that way but like if if it is sincere if it is real you know there's right. no it's evil not to grant it now if if we don't want to forgive people is that something you know is that are you in a place now where like hey okay now you need to repent like you're in sin at this point if you refuse to forgive. Yeah. I mean, that's what Matthew 18, 32 says. The master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I have mer- had mercy on you? And mm-hmm. in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from the heart. In other words, if you don't forgive, th- you know, there's no evidence that you're actually going to be forgiven. Does that make sense? So, yeah. like, if you don't forgive, you're described as a wicked servant, <laughs> mm-hmm. which means you're in sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
it, so, okay. At that point we're in sin. If we refuse to forgive, um, which I'm assuming, you know, basically means like, Oh, all right. Now, now we have forgiveness inception where now you need to go to the other person and say, Hey, Hey, you know, I don't want to forgive you. Will you please forgive me for not wanting to forgive you? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Forgiveness inception. Um, <laughs> forgiveness inception. Um, that's, that's just the technical term. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I finally stumped like, you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. No, I mean, I think our sin is primarily against God. Okay. Like, and not necessarily against the other person, if that makes sense. Explain a little more for me. I mean, because think- it seems like, hey, like, I'm, I'm, I am sinning against that person if I'm refusing to. Well, they don't know. I'm not doing them any wrong by not releasing them their debt. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay, I think so. But keep keep explaining. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. So when I when we sin, ultimately we're sinning against God in the first instance. I'm not, I'm not sinning against that person, right? Uh, in the first instance, yeah. but you know, like, um, there are ways in which you can, we can do unjust things to them. But the the injustice here is not towards the fellow servant. Mm-hmm. The fellow servant is getting justice. If that makes by, sense, by not being forgiven. Yeah, he doesn't deserve to have his debt paid by that other person. So okay. he doesn't have any. He can't demand it. He doesn't. He's not right. owed it. Um, so the sin is not against him. Like the sin is against the master at that point. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm smart. I'm just. I'm laughing. You know, because I thought I stumped you, and then and then you give like a, just right <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> you, you give you give the answer that I think is right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, so the point. Foiled the point again. Is, <laughs> maybe one day now uh yeah no you should forgive your brother from the heart out of like because the your master has forgiven right. yeah. you no so that, that if you makes refuse sense. to yeah. do that you're dishonoring what the master did do you get what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah so you're dishonoring him that's the point and so yeah you're dishonoring what he did and, and then you're even directly disobeying what he told you to do right right so it's about your relationship with him uh again so he's he's doing that for you and he's expecting you to pay it forward you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and if you're not willing to do that like you didn't do anything wrong to your fellow servant okay because they're not owed anything they don't deserve anything from they, from their perspective well, or yeah. from like what they're all right so look yeah yeah so here's the thing right so the servant um he says have patient with me and i will you know pay you everything right and then mm-hmm. out of pity of him the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt right mm-hmm. so the fellow servant said the same thing have patient with me and i'll pay yeah i'll pay you right and so then like the issue though is just um you know when we ask god to forgive us you know we are saying have mercy on me have pity on me right Please yeah. forgive. Please forgive me. Like we're not. Yeah. That's not a posture of strength. That's a posture of I don't deserve anything. So I mean, we have we have to have that posture towards our fellow brothers and sisters. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I mean, there's been plenty of times of sinning against my wife, and I said, "Hey, I don't deserve. I was wrong. You're right. I don't deserve for you to forgive me." And mm-hmm. I, I recommend people say that I don't deserve you to forgive me, um, but I will ask you to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then you know if they don't, yeah, they're in sin. They're in sin if they don't, right? 
Mm-hmm. And if they refuse to do that, but then they're not sinning against me. They're sinning against God. Okay. Primarily. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now I have two more quick questions about forgiveness and then I want to get to what do we do with, sure. with big Eva? Um, so the first question is what is you, and you kind of touched on this earlier and I, I want to get you to explain it a little more. You t- you talked about this way at the beginning of the conversation, but you said, you know, you, you recommended people actually say the words, will you forgive me? Sure. Right. And, and I think probably what most people do these days is say, Hey, I'm sorry. Right. Right. And, and maybe for most people, they really just, they really don't even understand why you would, why you would make a distinction between those two. Um, so, so could you explain why you think people should say, will you forgive me as opposed to I'm sorry? Yeah. I'm sorry. is not really like, there's no command to say you're sorry in the Bible. But we are to forgive our debtors as, um, you know, um, we are to figure, uh, forgive our debtors as, you know, we are forgiven, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And so over and over again, you can find forgiveness in the Bible. Forgiveness is all over the place. And, you know, there's examples after examples of individuals asking forgiveness. So the Bible commands us to ask forgiveness. And that's like, um, that's conceptually, we all know what to do with that. I mean, we should, you know, if, if, if you know what I mean, like we don't necessarily mm-hmm. know what to do with sorry. So if someone says, Hey, sorry, most of the time you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Whatever. So it's just a very awkward transaction that no one leaves like entirely satisfied with. No one knows really what to do with that. But if you use biblical language, will you forgive me? Then like you are asking, will you release this debt? And, yeah. and that often like brings, to moral clarity, what's actually happening in those moments. Right. <laughs> right. So, which we, I, I, yeah, you know, anyone who doubts, anyone who doubts that I just challenge you to the next time, uh, you need to ask someone for forgiveness, just say, will you forgive me instead of say, saying, I'm sorry. And, and I think you'll see that it is like, it does feel harder to say, will you forgive me than say yep. i'm sorry yeah no <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's harder to say and then it's harder to say yes i will mm-hmm. like do you get what i'm saying for for the person who is doing the forgiving yeah. yes i will like you know whereas if you just say sorry then like yeah no big deal whatever you know yeah yeah i'm still mad at you okay <laughs> you jerk I'm you know? so mad at you. Yeah, whatever I say through gritted yeah, teeth. <laughs> no big deal, man. You know, but um, so forgiveness is what the Bible does tell us to forgive each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it's better to say it because it's more clear what's actually happening there. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, hey, when you've done, when you've wronged someone, you ask for you, you say, will you forgive me? And then when someone's dog dies, you say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> right. say, yeah, if you step on their toe, you know, you, Hey, I'm sorry. Right. Now some people are addicted to saying they're sorry. They really need to stop, you know? Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I bumped into you. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 It's just like, Oh, just, you sound insecure. You just stop it. You know, uh-huh. like, quit doing that so much. But yes, I mean, sorry is something where, yeah, I, I'm not accepting moral responsibility for anything that just happened. It was an accident. I stepped in your toe on accident. Yeah. Or, oh, I didn't see you there. Or, oh yeah, you're sorry for your loss. Right. Right. I'm not right. saying I killed him. Right. Sorry. I killed right. him. Like I yeah. didn't, <laughs> you know, so, 
save sorry for accidents. Or, I mean, if you want to say, hey, I'm sorry for doing this, will you forgive me? That's fine. Just say, will you forgive me? Yeah. And everyone yeah, knows I, what you yeah, do. The, forget, the forgive me part makes everything clear. It makes it I, painfully clear. <laughs> now, you can flip out like, hey, I'm, you know, forgive me. Hey, I, forgive me. Okay. I was wrong. Forgive me. Right. Mm-hmm. But so what, I mean, you need, like, what, I would encourage people to look through the list in Second Corinthians when they're asking forgiveness and think about what it's saying, you know, so there's, um, there's earnestness, there's uh, eagerness to clear yourself, there's indignation, there's fear, there's longing, there's zeal, willingness to take action. I mean, I think, you know, the more words you can put into it, the better. Yeah. Now, I, gen- I mean, I generally encourage people to be specific about what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know, like if you just like had a fight with your wife and you know, you're out of control, whatever. You're screaming and hollering and slamming doors and throwing things and punched a hole in the wall. And, you know, I, I there are people like this, right? Who, <laughs> who yeah. kick the dog, you know, whatever. <laughs> that, don't worry about that. That's fine. No. Some people are going to think you're you serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is our pet episodes coming out. Yeah. No. Um, no, I mean, if you're slamming things, hollering, punching, you know, yelling at everyone, like, um, you know, all that uh, through a pot and pan or whatever. Um, like, I, yes, I mean, then you go up to someone and you say, hey, you know, hey, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? It's like, well, for what? Like, what am I, like, what are right. we talking about here? You know? Yeah. So I, I encourage people to be specific with it. Like, um, you know, hey, I, I was out of control, right? It's not your fault. It's my fault. Like, don't blame shift it, right? I'm sorry, but if you weren't so crazy, I wouldn't have went crazy back, right? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, like, I'm sorry. There's no excuse for what I did. You know, I, um, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at you and called you all those names and punched the wall and all that crazy stuff. And like, that was me, you know, that wasn't you. That's like, it's my fault. You know, I have a sinful heart and there's no excuse for it. And, you know, I, I want to be, I generally want to be a different person yeah, and don't want to be characterized by this anymore. And like, I, I need to quit tolerating this and have a zero tolerance policy for it. You know, and if it's like something crazy like that, you know, I'm willing to do what it takes to restore trust and get help and we need to resolve this. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, Being specific is helpful. Yeah. Um, now the last question before we get to the big Eva stuff, what, so the, you know, Jesus, for example, he says, Hey, when someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. Sure. Right. Um, it, no, no mention of like forgiveness or anything, basically just, Hey, you're being wronged. Turn the other cheek. Um, I think it's the, the proverbs that say, you know, um, it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. Right. Right. So how do those kinds of passages um, or even, you know, for example, um, Paul and acts, he's wrongfully um, he's, he's treated terribly by the high priest. He's struck by the high priest and he says, you know, he says something Paul's in the right in that moment. And, and he says something to the high priest basically saying, are you, you know, calling him out for what he did whitewashed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then he realizes, Hey, that's the high priest. And all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden Paul kind of, kind of 
takes like, Hey, you know, I wouldn't have said that if I had known you were the high priest, right? Trying to acknowledge the, the position of authority that he had and, and show a certain type of respect towards that. So how do those kinds of passages fit into this idea that we should only forgive when someone actually asks for forgiveness? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. In the Paul situation, um, essentially he's being struck by the high priest or being commanded to be struck by the high priest. He says, God's going to strike, strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you saying to judge me according to law? Yet contrary to law, you ordered me to be struck. Um, those who stood by basically, you know, why would you revile the high priest in that way? And he basically says, I didn't know that he was a right. high priest. Um, and so, uh, but he does, you know, he does make an appeal in that way. So Paul is, um, he is making appeal to Caesar. He is going through legal channels to get his rights um, restored. So, you know, there's, there isn't in the Bible just this simplistic, take any abuse that anyone wants to give you without any kind of legal repercussions or um, anything like that. So mm-hmm. there are. Like there are demands of justice. Now, when Jesus is talking about something along the lines of, you know, if someone strikes you on the on the left cheek, turn to them your other also. One of the things to realize about that is that's not saying that anytime some anyone wants to do you harm in any way, you just stand there and take it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what most people think, but that's not actually what's happening. So okay. just to help you understand what's happening there, just imagine, you know, someone were to stab you on your right cheek, right? Turn to them the other also. That's not the, that's not the situation that um, Jesus has in mind. So, oh, like well, I've the, been doing that one wrong then. Yeah, yeah. I keep on getting stabbed. And just, I keep just on say, getting stabbed on both my cheeks, man. Sir, can I have another, please? <laughs> um, no, like the issue is like, so every, normally people are right-handed. And if you're going to strike someone on the left cheek the only way to do that is not like that it's like a backhand right Mm -hmm. so now a backhand like is not meant to if you get backhanded in public no one right maybe now we're so sensitive as a society that um we don't have these kind of categories anymore but i mean growing up there was that category of someone just backhanded you and that was like you know if you (laughs) you're smiling because there's yeah there's other words for it, but uh, no, I mean, you get backhanded. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, he just embarrassed you. Right. Yeah. So, but the, the issue is it's something that's embarrassing. It's not something that you're thinking, Oh, they're trying to choke you to death and kill you. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, and that's the situation Jesus had has in mind. It's like, you know, why not rather suffer indignity from this person, be embarrassed, be willing to be shamed. It's not like just like mindlessly let anyone come along and take your life. Mm-hmm. you know, or permanently disable you, or curb stomp you on the you know side of the road or something like that. So there is like a doctrine of personal protection in the Bible uh, for all of these things. But like that's, so like the issue is like, you should love people, care about people enough that you're going to surrender just your dignity in that way. Yeah. You want to embarrass me, you go ahead and embarrass me. You're right. Like ba- um, you basically like you don't have to get defensive Yeah, just because someone socially embarrasses you or something right it's like yeah you want to make fun of me whatever man yeah go knock mm-hmm. yourself out you know i don't have to i don't have to respond to that you know um so like we shouldn't be vindictive in that way um you know and so i mean there's a category for just yeah all right you 
All right. I guess you embarrassed me, man. I feel so embarrassed. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Move on kind of thing. Right. <laughs> feel deeply ashamed and humiliated now. Um, but, um, you know, like that, that sh- the Christian shouldn't just be so petty that their ego is in the way of mm-hmm. those kind of things. But there is a category for appealing to Caesar. There is a pe- category for like, um, you know, the evil person is trying to take your life, trying to kill you, kill your family. You stop them from doing that because life is a precious gift. Right. Uh, so Jesus tells his disciples to go buy swords at one point, right? Because there's blind purposes, like evil, like random, you know, evil people out there that are just going to, they're not trying to kill you for the gospel. They're just trying to kill you to get your money, you know? So there's no sense in just throwing away your life and throwing away your life, you know, for that. Um, so, right. So there is doctrine of personal defense and, yeah, forgiveness doesn't preempt any of that. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't preempt you seeking um, damages uh, for your loss. You know, uh, losses that you've incurred. I mean, you shouldn't sue your brothers and sisters in Christ, but then there is no command to say you shouldn't sue anyone in general. Yeah. So there's there's Romans thirteen kind of stuff, but yeah. And uh, with the overlooking, you know, it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. Is that basically saying like? Hey, not everything that someone does to you that may be like a wrong towards you is, is worth like, Hey, all right, we've got to go through. You need, you know, you need to ask me for forgiveness kind of thing. Is is that basically what that verse is communicating or? Yeah. You need to just like a helpful thing to think about is just three different categories. So there's, you know, what you might describe as preference issues. There's wisdom issues and there's sin issues. Okay. Uh, preference issues are just in general, like, um, <laughs> uh, minor offenses, things that, you know, you don't particularly like things that you might personally find irritating. They're just preferences, right? They're just mm-hmm. things that you, you know, don't typically like. And so, you know, if, if you treat every single thing that you dislike as if it's some kind of moral sin, you're not going to have any friends and you're going to ruin every relationship that you have. So like biblically speaking, when someone sins against you, you need to confront them, but you need to make sure that you, you are not guilty of the same thing that they're doing in the same instance. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you need to confront them about it. If it's a sin issue, there's a lot of things that are just wise kind of, you know, wisdom kind of issues, like where uh, the Bible has principles that apply, but, um, you know, it may be that you raised your voice a little bit at me. Did you sin? I don't know. You know, it may be a wisdom issue, right? Yeah. You know, it may be that you looked at me with a irritated look on your face, right? Or maybe slightly took a deep breath when I said something, you know, it, maybe it's a wisdom issue, you know, maybe it's not clear sin, maybe just cut people a lot of slack and don't be policing their facial expressions or mannerisms, you know? So like there's like, is it clear sin? You know, is it wisdom? Is it just something I don't like that I just need to get over myself, you know? And the hardest people to live with are people who have just, who are constantly policing all their preferences. So mm-hmm. Okay. So, yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um, now going back to the, the bit, the big Eva stuff, I think sure. my takeaway over the last few years of sort of observing a lot of, um, you know, the prominent evangelical leaders of today is I have noticed a distinct, a distinct lack of, of leaders asking for forgiveness. Right. Or, or, or even just, I mean, not even just asking for forgiveness, just admitting that they were wrong about something. I, you know, going back 
before this whole amnesty thing, I think about um, Ed Litton with the whole, um, you know, not he's just taking um, other people's sermon outlines and then giving them. And it's not just like one, you know, a handful of times. It's like a whole series through Romans that. Essentially, you know, uh, most people were getting mad because they're saying he plagiarized. I, di- I didn't think that was like the big, the you know, the big issue. I thought the big issue was, hey, it sounds like you're really not studying, you know, and 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 trying to be prepared to shepherd your people well. You're just kind of taking what someone else did and and then using that and hoping that's good. And you even taught wrong things through that, and so. So he goes through that whole deal and then there's really no admission of anything wrong being done. He just takes down all the videos, right? And and kind of kind of pretends like it didn't happen um mostly. And you have different examples like that over the over the last few years that I've noticed. And so I get I guess the question is just like as a Christian, what are you supposed to say? What did he say? Something like my sin was uh not asking JD's permission or something. Yeah, or, yeah. I, you know, I, I vaguely. I remember. asked his permission, but I, uh, my sin was I uh, didn't attribute. I asked his permission, but I didn't let everyone know that I had asked his permission or something. Right, right. Which I mean, even the problem there is like he's telling stories and and telling them as if <laughs> right. they happened to him. Right. So he's yep. he's essentially lying about. Now, I mean they're sort of inconsequential lies. Right. Um, but then he is lying. He's pretending that things happened to him that never actually happened to him. Um, most likely. And so, so you have the, you have these kinds of things that keep happening. There's, there's been this big ordeal that we, we really haven't addressed at all with the whole, he gets us.org thing. I, I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen all that going on, but, uh, I think it was Nam. They they partnered yep. with that organization, and it turns out that organization is like openly, you know, um, coaching people who want to get abortions to find a church that's going to support them in getting their abortion, or you know, being in their same sex relationship or whatever. And you know, Nam Nam tries to sweep it under the rug and and tries to distance themselves from he gets us. Um, but never comes out and just says, Hey, we didn't, we didn't, you know, um, uh, hopefully, you know, it would just be, Hey, we didn't actually real, we didn't do all the research that we should have done. We didn't realize that they approved of all these things. There's, there's no kind of admission like that. And then finally you get this whole COVID amnesty stuff. Hey, you know, there's, there's wrongs on every side. No one knew what was going on. We all just need to grant each other amnesty, right? There, the theme with all of these things is there is no real here is how I'm wrong and here is why I need forgiveness. It's very so what vague, are, yeah. So what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if you go back to just I mean, what Big Even needs to do is they need to take a lesson on how to ask forgiveness and they don't seem to be doing it very well. <laughs> And they're not modeling it very well. They need uh, to subscribe to the podcast is they, what they you're do. saying. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, if you're going to ask forgiveness and you want people to actually take you seriously, like you do need to acknowledge that you did something wrong and you don't need to make excuses for it. And so, I mean, they're mm-hmm. just flubbing like this basic, 
like everything about asking forgiveness biblically, they're flubbing it all, right? So it's almost as if they've just never done this before. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. supposed to be teachers of this kind of thing, and that's what's so disturbing about it. So if you're going to ask forgiveness, I mean, step one is you have to own it. You have to say, hey, I was wrong. I sinned. Um, You know, I sinned against heaven and in God's sight, and it's me, right? Right. You know, and then you have to you have to name the right sins. Right. Yeah, right. You have to name the right sins. Like I sinned against heaven and in God's sight. And you know, I mean this is what um you know the prodigal son does when the prodigal son returns. I sinned against heaven and in your sight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to even be one of your hired servants, right? And so like that's humility there. You know, the the um you know, you have the the Pharisee essentially saying, Hey, thank God I'm not like this. You know, all these sinners, right? These tax collectors, and look at all these wonderful things I did. But then, you know, one one of the uh, sinners, you know, wouldn't so much as look up to heaven and said, "Have mercy on me, a sinner." Like so, what you have to have, like in this, is some sort of posture of humility to say, "I was wrong." You know, I sinned against heaven in God's sight. There's no excuse for it. Like there's no excuse for it. Um, it's all on me, and uh, and. You know, this is specifically what I did wrong, you know, and have mm-hmm. it actually be a biblical thing. You know, I, I, you know, I pretended like these sermons were mine for years and they weren't right. They weren't yeah. mine. Um, you know, it, and, you know, I, um, that's bearing false witness and like, that's a gross sin in God's sight and there's no excuse for it, you know? Um, and it doesn't matter how busy I am. It doesn't matter, you know, how much I, want to be liked or, you know, want people to think well of me and want me, want, you know, to want people to think I'm a good teacher, want people to think I'm a good teacher. None of that matters. What matters is that first and foremost, it was a sin against God. And second of all, it's a sin against you. It's an abdication of my duty. But I mean, no one can criticize that kind of thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And and most of us would be more than happy to say, okay, you know, yeah, thank you. Thank you for admitting mm-hmm. that. We're happy to forgive you. Now, I mean, there's real questions to be had about, like, if you've been doing this for years and, like, it, are you qualified to be a pastor? But that's the whole, like, like there are consequences to certain things. And that's, I think that's what they're trying to avoid is that they mm-hmm. know that, like, real forgiveness, real biblical forgiveness means that there's entailments to these kind of things. And they're, so what they want to do is tone it down, tone it down, you know, minimize it get the situation to go away, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> say whatever yeah. they have to say in order to get it to go away. And then we can all move on to the next scandal. And then, you know, but whatever is happening, is not real reconciliation there, you know? So, um, you know, but th- they should be the ones leading the way in these kind of things. And, you know, I mean, I think sadly we are living in one of the least forgiving times, um, you know, in history <laughs> where you can okay. have angry mob of internet people who are looking to, destroy you and destroy your livelihood. So I mean, I understand that, like the dynamic of it. That like, Yeah. Cancel culture. Cancel culture is real you. <laughs> and they'll come for you and they'll, you know, do everything they can to destroy you. So I, I get all that. But I mean, at the same time, uh, that doesn't change biblically what's required of us in these ways. And so, mm-hmm. and what we need is like real humility to say, I was wrong. There's no excuse for it. Will you forgive me? And um, I'm willing to rebuild trust and be specific about it. Yeah. So when, so when these types of people don't do that, they don't ask for forgiveness, we should not forgive them. Well, we can't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we can't like for, for, out of love for them and out of love for brothers and sisters, we can't just flip out a, like 
to do that is just we're going to be grossly covering their sin. Right. So God doesn't do that, and God doesn't just sit there and forgive everyone apart from them repenting. So we need to do the same. Should we, uh, I mean, what should the response be at that point? Should we, like, demand that they repent, or should we just, you know, says if mark, and avoid, mark and avoid them? Yeah. You know, demand they leave their positions? I mean, I mean. What depending is on the, what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, depending on what we're okay. talking about. I, I do think there is like a, hey, I'm willing to forgive you if you ask mm-hmm. and you admit you did something wrong. But I'm going to keep on reminding you about it until you yeah, like you admit it. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I stand, So I mean, in a certain sense, I mean, I don't think you just keep on nagging, nagging, nagging. But I mean, you do have a prodigal father posture that says, hey, you know, I'm standing here waiting, you know, mm-hmm. like we're waiting, we're waiting whenever you're ready to come back and acknowledge what you did we'll be fine we'll we'll throw a feast man you know uh, yeah kill the fatty calf ready to go but you're gonna have to humble yourself and ask yeah and and then i guess um but i'm not gonna give you more money so you can get more prostitutes you know pretend like <laughs> it didn't happen you know right and, and i guess you know uh just as a closing thing for the for the person who uh who's looking at ed Litton, for example and, w- and what he had done with with his with those sermons um, or, you know, NAM or, or the ERLC, you know, voting against uh, the abortion ban in Louisiana um, or they didn't vote against it. They lobbied against it um, for, you know, for us looking at those organizations and those individuals who are behaving that way and performing those actions, we still need to have a post a posture of like, Hey, I want to forgive you. Right. And if, and if we don't have that posture, um, then, then there's something wrong in us as well. Right. Like I want to forgive you. I'm just waiting on you to admit yeah. fault. Right. Well, I think, I think, uh, the Costi Hinn, Doug Wilson kind of situation was a good example of what that should look like. And, Okay. What what happened there? Well, you know, I think he just started um, making a bunch of wild-eyed accusations against who uh, did Costi Hen. Okay. Against Doug Wilson, and you know, I think there's a lot of people, myself included, who are basically making posts saying, "Hey, yeah, you, you you know, you're the kind of things you're saying are not flippant things or very serious things." But then, I mean, he 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 did a very specific kind of. I mean, as specific as they get, you know, I, some, you can, you can do better. Yeah. I think all of them could do better than what they do, but his mm-hmm. was about as good as it gets. And I think any number of people were like, Hey, you know, that's fine. Move on. Right. Yeah. He, he basically, humbled I think, himself, mea culpa, removed mm-hmm. the post, said I was wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then everyone it, forgave him. Right. Yeah, everyone forgave him, moved on. It's like, okay, right. You know, we're all happy. Doug's happy. We're all happy. Uh, you know, G3 guys are happy. Like, <laughs> All right, you know we're good, man. That's restoration. Right. So I mean, I don't. I think that's a good example of that kind of thing to where, um, that's what it should look like. And yeah. now, I mean, I think with some of these things, like with the pandemic amnesty and all that, I, I think these are pretty serious things. You know, shaming people for op- having their doors open and encouraging them not to go to church and encouraging them to get experimented on, and you know, knowing the that a lot of people died from these things and, you know, um, lost their jobs from these things and they, they weren't advocating for them and defending them in any way. They're just as terrified as the pagans were. Yeah. I think at some point you, you say, Hey, um, 
you know, maybe you're not cut out for this job, mm-hmm. you know, I'll forgive you. We can move on, but I, I don't know that uh, I'm going to trust you until I see a big, long track record of you yeah. doing the opposite, you know, and yeah. really own it. You know, if I don't see like fruit and keeping room repentance, I'm not going to trust you, you know, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Huh. But I mean, I'm not going to, you know, if you ask forgiveness, I'll, I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to move on and I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Right. We're done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to, uh, end end this episode on, you know, I, I personally, I think, you know, obviously forgiveness is such a big part of the Christian life that we really do need to understand, uh, what it actually is according to the Bible. And especially when, when people are coming out now and basically making demands of us saying, Hey, we, you you know, we need to grant each other amnesty. Um, you know, we need to understand how to respond to that because it feels wrong. And the reason it feels wrong is because it is wrong and it's not the way that forgiveness works in the Bible. And so, so hopefully, uh, you know, by listening to this episode, you kind of have a, if you, if you didn't already, um, you have a pretty good understanding of number one, how God forgives us. Um, but then number two, how, uh, we are supposed to forgive others the same way that God forgives us. And, and I guess what I, what I will leave you guys with is, is what we talked about probably, I don't know, maybe, uh, three quarters of the way through this episode where we talked about the difference between saying, I'm sorry and saying, will you forgive me? I really do think that, um, there is a big, it doesn't seem like there'd be a big difference between those two phrases, but I, I really believe that saying, will you forgive me is so, is so much harder than saying, I'm sorry. And so I guess what we'll leave you with is just challenge you to, you know, the next time you find yourself in, in a, uh, in a situation where you've done something, you've wronged someone else, you're in need of forgiveness, say, will you forgive me? Instead of saying, I'm sorry and see if it feels different uh, communicating that way. So, uh, but anyways, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to be able to sit down Tim and and talk about these things and, and help people think through these things, equip them uh, for the works of ministry. We hope that you've been encouraged by this conversation uh, and that you have been equipped and that this has given you a lot of challenging things to think through and, and apply to your life and giving, giving you a better understanding of the scriptures Uh, We thank you guys for supporting us week in and week out, watching the episodes, listening to it, communicating with us, letting, letting us know the ways that these episodes have, have blessed you guys. And and that's really encouraging for us. So we thank you for that. And we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. 
Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.